I was basically telling him like, when it comes to my dating life, some days it's like different colors on a stoplight. Some days it's red, which means nobody touch me, nobody look at me, don't talk to me. I'm not interested, anybody leave me alone. Then some days it's yellow where it's kind of like, okay, you know what? I don't mind getting back out there. Let me see, you know, but I'm, I'm still cautious, number one, because of previous experiences, but also in terms of uh, my career and, and different things that I'm pursuing. It's like, I want to stay focused, but you know, I don't mind seeing what's out there. And then some days it's green where it's just like, you know, tell me where everybody's meeting at. What's up everybody. And welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of Black, LGBTQIA plus individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA plus individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm joined today by a special guest. We got Jay Ronell in the building. Jay Ronell, tell the people about yourself. What's good, everybody? I'm Jay Ronell, uh, independent R&B soul artist, originally from Omaha, Nebraska, but I'm currently based here in LA. And thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Omaha, Nebraska. Woo. Yeah. Yes, Black Omaha, people Nebraska. Is it, it, uh, isn't uh, Gabrielle Union from there? Yeah, the Gabrielle Union, Malcolm X, um, Niles Paul, who's actually my cousin, but he's a retired NFL player. Um, there's a couple of us. Nice. So, um, so man, you know how we do here. We we got to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, <laughs> when, when, when was the first time you knew that you liked boys? Uh, this would have been probably like around fifth or sixth, whatever year Brokeback Mountain came out. <laughs> Cause that, that was like the first indicator. Um, and I'll never forget, I was actually, uh, so I was that kid that was always, you know, trying to hang with the adults and always do what the adults did. And that mm-hmm. included like after school, um, I would come home and I would uh, sit with my grandma and watch TV if I didn't have homework. And so, um, I think she was watching, it was probably Oprah or one of them talk shows. And they were obviously doing an interview promoting the Brokeback Mountain film. And uh, just my curiosity about, okay, what is, you know, what is this about? And then of course, you know, being a kid with access to the internet, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, wow, you're discovering a whole, a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but from there, that's kind of, I would say what was like, okay, this is something, you know, there's something there, but, um, you know, growing up in a, a, a Christian household, a black Christian household, mm-hmm. you know, you always hear, you know, oh, this isn't right. And, and this and that and the third. So for years, it, and I mean, years, it always felt like a struggle of having to deny one part of myself like I knew that I liked girls because I I would always try to shoot my shot (laughs) and I would always get shut down or embarrassed like oh my god Jared tried to talk to me or he tried to he tried to ask me out and so I would always you know I would always be just shooting my shot getting embarrassed um but I always had that other part of me that was like 
damn, he kind of cute, you know, looking at the um the the guys that may have been on the 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 track or the the football team or whatever at the time. Mm-hmm. Um so all throughout middle school and all throughout high school, I had to keep that quiet. Moving into college, um that you know, I was in Atlanta and so I knew I was very aware that there was definitely a, a heavy black queer population out there, but I was still so focused on school that I didn't really bother to try to get into the scene or anything until senior year um, when a, a wonderful app called Jacked came into play. And it was just <laughs> like, it, it was like a kid in a candy store because you log on to this app and all of a sudden you just see all of these faceless torso profiles, you know, within, mind you, we're, we're in uh, the AUC, which is the Atlanta University Center. So it's Clark Atlanta, Morehouse and Spelman all conjoint, like, you know, we all have our individual campuses, but we're all connected somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, Morris Brown is close by, Georgia State is a little bit ways away, Georgia Tech is even further than that. So it's like all of just, <laughs> just everything. A lot of, you know, lot of like, access. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, wow. And so that was uh, my first time being with a guy who was senior year. Um, and then from there, moving to LA, that's when it was just like, okay, you know what? I got free reign to kind of do what I want to do, but it was still, it was still very private. You know, I didn't tell anybody, you know, all of that until 2020. Was it Christmas of 2020, I believe? Yes, Christmas of 2020. Because throughout the year, um, there were several peers of mine, um, artist peers, and just, you know, friends from way back in the day that had started to come out and share their own stories and their own journeys. And uh, it just kind of just gave me that push to be like, you know what, say, just, just say something, just say it. Like, your mama already knows, you know, that this is something that you have gone back and forth about over the years so it's just like and and I'm pretty sure that my family could sense it because you know I was always that kid that was like oh I want to watch the Golden Girls or you know uh, a super fan of Destiny's Child just just those little certain indicators mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so, they, so y'all they, sitting around <laughs> over the Christmas ham you know people are excited about their gifts and you're like hey guys so, so uh, <laughs> I actually, it, it was the last night because um, we we had all come together um, from different states and our various locations to kick it for the holidays. Um, it was it was a very awkward holiday because obviously we all had to be kind of socially distant and mindful yeah. of COVID. But I was like, you know, everybody just come together, come to the house. You know, I want to let's hang out, let's eat. I want to you know talk to you guys about something. Um, And as soon as everybody was, you know, seated, I just was sitting in the middle of the living room, like, okay, so here's the deal. (laughs) I like guys and girls and 
I'm tired of hiding it. You know, I'm sure some of you may have had some sort of indicator over the years, but I'm just officially saying it now. And I, I took the time to really kind of walk them through my mindset. Um, and, you know, I gave them the floor if they had any questions, which there really weren't many questions. Mm -hmm. um, but I gave them the floor in case they wanted to ask and was just like, you know, it is what it is. My, my uncle, um, he was back here in LA um, and he was on the phone and, you know, everybody was just telling me, you know, well, we're, we're, we're proud of you and thank you for telling us. And, and so it, it, um, it didn't result in a big blow up, which I'm thankful for. Because yeah. <laughs> in my mind, I was, I was prepared for like, the, the scenario to go a different number of ways. Yeah. I was just like, you know, especially when you're coming again from a Christian household and, you know, your grandfather's a deacon and, mm -hmm. and you know, your, your family is well known in your home church. It's just like, but, you know, that, that was my, my journey to get to the point of saying, you know what, I am comfortable in who I am and I am not going to continue uh, trying to hide it anymore. Yeah. Like I would rather just take it and try to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I own this? How do I own this, uh, this part of who I am? And, and, you know, just be, stand in it, be proud of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So today, um, you know, kind of, being open, people knowing. Um, are you are you dating single? Single, very. <laughs> and I, it's crazy because I was doing uh, another podcast the other day with a friend, and I was basically telling him like, when it comes to my dating life, some days it's like different colors on a stoplight. Some days it's red, which means nobody touch me, nobody look at me, don't talk to me, I'm not interested, anybody leave me alone. Then some days it's yellow where it's kind of like, okay, you know what, I don't mind getting back out there, let me see, you know, but I'm, I'm still cautious, number one, because of previous experiences, but also in terms of uh, my career and, and different things that I'm pursuing, it's like I want to stay focused, but you know, I don't mind seeing what's out there and then some days it's green where it's just like, you know, tell me where everybody's meeting at because I'm trying to get out here. You know, I'm not trying to find love on the internet no more. I'm trying mm. to be where the people are. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, it depends on the day. Yeah. So like, talk about that as just, you know, so I'm, um, you're, you're, you, if you had to pick a letter, you're bisexual, I'm yes. understanding. Yes. Um, how is that? dating um we hear a lot about obviously just being gay right but mm -hmm. as a as a bisexual man how how does that um in in a, in terms of the dating scene in in a big metropolitan area <laughs> how how is that for you um if i can be completely honest because of the fact that i was not open about it until like the last 2 3 years I really can't say that I've had like a whole bunch of crazy experiences. And plus I've, I've, um, I've just found myself time and time again in more situationships than like dating and, and stuff like that. Um, 
<laughs> so it's kind of been like, you know, having to deal with one person. And, and honestly, I'm the type of person I can only really mentally deal with one person at a right, time, right. like trying to have a whole roster, as they call it. It's just like, it's enough for me to open my myself and my world up to one person. So having to try to juggle more than one, that's a different ball game that I'm not uh, not nearly as familiar with. Yeah. Is it, um, have you found that it's easy to kind of get out and find places to, to meet people physically? Cause I think, um, obviously online, whether it be dating or, you know, just social media in general has made it very easy to, to communicate mm -hmm. with people online or follow people kind of learn about them. Um, but I think there are people who still value like that, that meeting someone more or less the old school way. Like I was out, yeah. we just caught a vibe and like, it went from there. Uh, do you find and that people are still interested in that? And has it's it been crazy that you mentioned that because that is the um, that's what I'm trying to shift more towards. Because for so long I've been, you know, the one to try to form a connection with somebody online, or there's always been some sort of technological component. So it's crazy that you're saying that because I, I remember saying to my therapist, like, I want to be more intentional. Intentional this year about meeting people outside more like you said old school old-fashioned you know whether it's at church or at the grocery mm -hmm. store or you know wherever mm -hmm. and and try to form a a friendship first and and a possible connection from there yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah. I, I I love that I mean I, I'm I'm a in person kind of person um just even fr from the just the way I relate to people I just love mm -hmm. to you know meet people the authentic way I'm married. So not from a dating perspective, but just whether it be networking friendship, like I'm the person that's like, yeah, let's go grab lunch or grab a drink, whatever. Cause I just mm -hmm. love, like, you know, I just think you, there's a different level of, of, of connection when you are physically with someone right in their space, you get to be there or like you get all of that. So I think, um, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, a proponent of, of that, uh, you know, I think, but the hard part is that, you know, even just something as simple as walking through the grocery store, you know, everybody's like on their phone or looking at a, a app or a list and, oh, I got to yeah. scan everything before I get to the register. So I can't even look, you know what I mean? Like there's always, you know, technology has kind of become like a blessing in a lot of ways, but then also like it, it kind of takes away from some of our ability to connect, you know, yeah. authentically and in person. Cause you know, even social media is just what you want to share. You know, it's just your, this is what I feel like posting, but you know, Absolutely. it doesn't capture the full essence of who we are, you know? So sure. best wishes to you and your dating journey. <laughs> we'll we'll um, see what, we'll see what the year brings, you know, it's yeah, only the yeah. first, it's only the first, first couple weeks, weeks of yeah, the year. So 21 days. So yeah, yeah. best wishes to you. Um, so now let's talk about, you know, your music. Um, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Uh, yes, and I am so glad that all traces of that song have been wiped off the face <laughs> of the planet. Um, yeah, it was, uh, ooh, wow. So I, I technically have two, two stories that I could share about that. There was one where I was a kid and I was just, just rambling and like, oh, mom, I made a song. And it was yeah. just like, sure. Um, and then when I got to college, my sophomore year, I did, put, <laughs> I put out a song, 
Um, and I, I did like a whole, you know, promo campaign. <laughs> like I was putting up posters all yeah. over the campus trying to get attention. And this was like when Twitter had really uh, begun to take off. So I'm, you know, trying to put my information all over. Um, and I, I just remember one of my friends was just like, yeah, bro, like you can sing, but the, the song, he was just basically telling me the song ain't, ain't good. Um, <laughs> and, you know, after listening back to it a bit more, I was like, you know what? We can do better than this. Snatch it off the internet. I made sure all traces, all mentions of it were just gone, completely gone, never to be seen or heard from again. Um, and then flash forward to the summer after my sophomore year is when I wrote the first song that actually stuck. <laughs> like it actually like made sense, was like, okay, this is something I can see myself performing mm -hmm. and being proud of and promoting. It was real uh, emotional and, and all of that. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely remember the first songs <laughs> I ever took a crack at. Yeah, gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> so now you have a new single that's out, uh, Stuck. Talk yeah. to me about that song. So Stuck, I wrote in September of 2021. Um, again, you know, touching on real life experience and my uh, tendency to get stuck in situationships and and uh, that sort of <laughs> world. Um, yeah, it's it's just a uh, a heartfelt, emotional R and B song about what happens when the one that you have grown fond of that when you've developed strong feelings for when you find out the one you love has moved on to somebody else and you're still left to deal with the feelings and the memories and all of the residue from that situation yeah yeah, yeah. so um as far as just like you know your your music in general obviously that song is one aspect of your life and yeah. what as far as like someone someone thinks of Jay Rennell's music right obviously R&B um great voice amazing voice what else will they get from your music um I would say vulnerability emotional vulnerability you know we hear it all the time about people trying to still resurrect this narrative about R&B is dead or it's not the same. Like even literally just this morning on Twitter, I saw it starting to happen again where people are trying to push this narrative and, and a bunch of my indie artist friends are trying to actively combat this, this false narrative, this lie. Um, but yeah, I would say uh, emotional vulnerability, musicality, um, you know, taking from different influences. So, uh, you know, the, the feeling and the conviction you get from listening to your favorite gospel songs, but, you know, the storytelling of like a great country song. Um, but again, the emotional vulnerability of the, uh, you know, the, the genre that we love called R&B. So taking all these different influences um, and, you know, really telling my story and, Hopefully my, my goal and my hope is that with any project or with any song I put out, that people will be able to 
saying, yeah, I can identify with this song. I went through something similar. You know, not to say we want people triggered, but yeah. just be like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I get where you're coming from. I can relate, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, if you're triggered, that's fine too. You know, I think the most, and it's why like, for, for one, I am a huge fan of R&B. That's my favorite mm-hmm. genre. I'm a gatekeeper of R&B. I download all of it. I My number one artist, I must say, is Tank. I'm a huge Tank fan. I consume all things Tank. Um, and yes, I so. think, I, I especially love how tr- he is a huge proponent of how he has stayed true to the to the craft. And yeah. has been like a gatekeeper of it. I remember he was on the Breakfast Club once and he was like talking about when Sam Smith came out and everybody thought that Stay With Me was Tank because it mm-hmm. sounds just like him. If you, I thought it was him, right? But it's not, it's Sam Smith. And so, you know, he talked about, he's like, you know, I could have been bigger than I am, but I wasn't mm-hmm. willing to cross over because a lot of the R&B guys who become huge they have had that moment of crossover, right? You know, mm-hmm. talk about Neo, Usher, you know, the list goes on. They've all done that kind of, let me go eat Chris Brown, right? Go over here and then let me, okay, let me get back, you know, into the space. Um, but he's always been just like, I know that I could have been bigger, but I, this is what I want to be known for. This is what kind of stamp yeah. I want to put. And even talking about creating a label where it's an R&B label and he shows R&B artists a, a different kind of way to, to, to become successful. So yeah. I'm a huge fan of, of, of R&B artists, but I wanted to ask you top five R&B artists. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, they could be in no particular order. They could just be, you know, just your top five. No, it's, it's, it's not even the order. It's just trying to, because again, I get so many, so many different people that have influenced me and my sound come to mind. Um, I'm going to loop all of the Jackson family into one. I'm going to loop them all, you know, all into one. That's one. Um, Whitney, Whitney Houston. Um, John Legend. Uh, Donny Hathaway. Mm. Um, shoot, because I can only choose it, 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 and it also depends on the day. It depends on what I'm feeling. Since since it uh, at the time of this recording, it is Saturday, and you know, at, you know, we always associate waking up on Saturdays and cleaning up your place. I got to mm-hmm. shout out. The, the songstress herself, Anita Baker. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Th- those would be that's a, that's five of list. My, my favorites. I mm-hmm. obviously have many more. Many but, more, for sure, for yeah. sure, for sure. That's a solid five right there, though. That's a definitely yeah. a solid five. Um, what can the people expect from you coming up? Um, definitely continuing to push this R&B um, throughout the rest of this year. Expect more music. Um, I do have a project coming out in the spring. Uh, you know, more details will come soon enough. But yeah, hey. I'm excited about that. Um, definitely looking to perform in multiple cities. Um, you know, we're we're working on some things right now, but definitely want to hit the stage, hit the streets, get the word out, perform more. Um, 
I really just want to make this a, a breakout and a breakthrough year for me. I want to be able to look back at the end of the year and say that I really gave it my all, especially as an independent artist, um, that I really gave it my all. And I want to be able to look back at the end of the year and see, you know, my name on these different uh, best of lists yeah. in terms of R&B for 2023. Yeah. So the, that's uh, my, my goals and my hopes for the year. And just being able to really enjoy all of the, the different blessings God gives me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And best wishes to you. All right. Before we get out of here, we're going to play a little game. Okay. We're going to play a game of this or that. Okay. Ready? Yes. Cool. Beard or no beard? Beard. Beard. Laundry mm -hmm. or cooking? Laundry. Day at the spa watching sports all day. All day at the spa. <laughs> Please. Short, short well, hair. Wait, 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 wait. Because mm. I am a huge professional wrestling fan. So mm -hmm. if the sport is watching WWE, then okay. But if it's any other sport, That's we're headed to the spa. Give me a massage and, you know, let me just chill out. <laughs> Short hair or long hair? <laughs> you know, I, this is my second time having locks. So I... I, and now they're at that, they're not at the, the quote unquote ugly stage anymore. So it's like, I got some hang time now. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't, But at the same time, it's like, I remember that, that first time getting that cut. <laughs> and it's just like, you look at yourself differently, especially with a beard. Mm -hmm. Can I plead the fifth on that one? <laughs> okay. Uh, sports car or big truck? Sports um, mm. You know, I'll, I'll take the big truck. I'll take the big truck. Big wedding or small ceremony? Big. <laughs> you go, no. You go, no. It's you go, no. <laughs> Stay up late or sleep day. in. Stay up late Seven or sleep in. Ooh. Um, stay up late or sleep in. Wait, that, that was the choice, right? Stay up mm -hmm. late or sleep in? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a night owl, so stay up late. Iron or redry it? Depends on how fast I need it, but <laughs> probably iron. <laughs> uh, pay or have him pay? Either, you know, if I if I got it, you know, I'll pay. If you got it, come on. <laughs> Last question. Okay. Top or bottom? On top. <laughs> Wait, listen, I. Hey, <laughs> I, I, there you have it, folks. For for multiple reasons, I won't even go into yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> got you, man. Well, thank you so much for coming through. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. <laughs> they can find me on all social media at I'm J Ronnell. That's J E R O N E L L E. Um, I have my new single "Stuck" is out now on all platforms. 
Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Audio Mac. Um, definitely please stream it, download it, share it, share it, share it, uh, put it on your playlist um, and be on the lookout for more music to come uh, later on this year. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much again for coming through. Y'all go check them out. And y'all already know, man, it's another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace. Peace.